Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, my gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast. How are you doing? I hope amazing as always. I am officially back in LA, back in my home office, pretty much back to business as usual after just closing the biggest launch that Manifestation Babe has ever experienced, which is so exciting. I'm going to be doing a separate podcast episode on all of the lessons that I learned while quantum leaping into a manifestation that I set for myself two years ago. And the reason I bring up my launch in this intro right now is because today's guest has something to do with it. As you may already know, after the last podcast episode with Makosi, which is episode number 174, if you haven't yet listened to part one, I recommend you pause this right now, go back to part one, and then come back here. I hired her for an entire year for her one-on-one package of I don't know what to call it. It's not necessarily coaching. Is it shamaning? (laughs) I don't know. But either way, so much spiritual growth has happened for me since then. I seriously feel like I have grown an entire lifetime in the span of just four weeks. And I am so excited to bring Makosi back for even more questions that you've always wanted to ask a shaman about the spiritual world. In this episode, we get so deep and juicy. Oh my God, it is incredible. We talk quantum leaps, ancestors, we go really deep on that topic, spiritual hierarchy, the path that all of us souls go through. 
why people leave the new age and go back to religion, her thoughts on things like veganism and what we should eat to be our most aligned selves, whether or not aliens exist. Yes, we go there. The point of the entire reincarnation cycle and so much more. I only got through, believe it or not, half my questions that I planned for this episode. And I know it's already such a long episode, but stick with us because guys, I myself was completely mind blown and speechless during so many parts of it. It's like I heard things that I've never heard before come out of Makosi's mouth and they all made sense to me, but it was like I had to pause and be like, wait a second, what did you just say? So <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have a lot of moments like that. It is incredible. I know this episode will seriously lead you to wake up to a better understanding of who you really are, who you came here to be, and more importantly, why you're here. I don't want to spoil any more of it. So without further ado, let's dive into this epic conversation. And she is back. Welcome back, Makosi, for part two of your spiritual interrogation. (laughs) Because I seriously have so many more questions. In fact, I got my entire audience involved this time. So we got questions for days. I don't know how far we're going to get into this, but if you guys haven't listened to the first part of Makosi being on the podcast, it's titled Everything You Ever Wanted to Ask a Shaman. And I think that this is just going to be a continuation because there's so much more we can get into. I've had the pleasure of working with Makosi one-on-one for the last month, and it's been incredible. I've been able to ask her a lot of questions for myself. And I'm just like, damn, like she really needs a book. She needs her own podcast. There's so much wisdom within her. I am just so honored and so grateful to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm fabulous and I'm super excited for the range of questions that I know we are about to get into, probably things that I've never even thought about. So let's do it. Let's do it. Well, before we get into it, I just want to speak on, because this relates to a couple of questions that um, people have asked, but really in the last month, it's been such a blessing and so much fun and such a wild roller coaster working with you because so much has shifted for me. And I'm already, even a month ago, because I think it's been a month now, in a completely different place. And I have made a an update, which I'll do a whole separate podcast about this, um, probably recorded tomorrow, about how I quantum fucking leaped in my launch since starting working with you. And it's been two years since I set the intention of manifesting a seven-figure launch. And I've always had, according to my belief, the right strategy. Like the strategy wasn't there. I knew it wasn't about the strategy. It was always about the energy. I was doing everything. I was doing the being, right? (laughs) I was trying to do the being and like nothing was breaking through. I would constantly hit amazing numbers. Like I'm not going to complain five, between five to $600,000 launches And it wouldn't matter how often I would launch. It wouldn't matter when I would launch. Nothing would matter. It would always hit that ceiling, right? I can almost guarantee that if I just open my cart and then close my cart, it's going to be five to 600,000. And all of a sudden, in the last week, since we closed our cart to the last Rich Wave Academy, we have closed with $1.85 million, which is a three freaking X. 
And it was just such a incredible, I don't want to say culmination because just like we've only fucking started, but it was such a great culmination of something that I've put out into the universe for two years, have been stuck at, plateaued at, and then finally received it. From your perspective, because I have all my theories, right? But from your perspective, can you just share like what from your perspective I shifted within me in the last month that you can see? And based off of that, like how can people also experience a quantum leap in their life when they feel like they've plateaued or they feel stuck or they feel like nothing has really accelerated? Like what can they do slash be as well? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So good. Um, First, I have to say congrats to you. you Thank you. Absolutely incredible to go. I mean, you've already built an amazing business, but then to quantum leap, um, I knew that it was going to happen, but I, she was like, you're going to get at least, I always knew you're going to get at least 1.5 million, but she didn't tell me that until like mid, I think it was like mid cart when I already surpassed a million. Well, yeah, because if I would have told you, (laughs) then it would have messed it up. So this is one of the, the challenges with kind of seeing what's coming is that we also have to learn restraint and patience and, uh, not trying to be other people's savior. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the ego can like spiritual ego can really get in there. Like, I know this about you and I see this in your future and, Oh, the, aren't I so mystical and cool. Wait, um, if psychics tell you what's going to happen in the future. Do they kind of ruin it energetically? They can. No way. They could okay. because, okay. Think about this before we get into that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I, tell you, you are going to three X your, your launch. Then you're like, ah, it's set in stone, right? Like I don't even have to think about, okay, who am I being? Where can I shift? Right? Like what is expansion like for me? Because I've got this coming, right? Hmm. So sometimes it's not the same for every person. Um, it really does depend on the, the type of person, the timing, uh, the sequence of events, et cetera, because some people, if you tell them that at a certain time, then they may take a step that doesn't allow for that to unfold. Cause even a psychic, right. Or even myself, if I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing what's coming. It's only just like the most likely scenario there's still scenarios, right? It's infinite possibilities. Yeah. I'm just looking at what's most likely to happen. There's still the possibility that then you make a decision based off of what someone told you that then makes you go and, you know, and you do this other thing that kind of hijacks the whole thing. Mm. So, um, there is a reason why whenever I do, you know, work closely with someone, I try not to get too much into fortune telling. Yeah. I, I try to really focus on, focus on what's going on in your life right now, what's popping up in real time, right? Like in your day-to-day life, what are the challenges that you're experiencing? Where's the growth opportunity in the now? Examining root causes so that we can then see where, where things need to shift and allow everything to unfold naturally. So that is actually one thing that um, people can 
take away from your quantum leap is to allow things to unfold as you go. So I'm just looking back on, you know, maybe a year ago, you know, you, you and I have talked so, and you've even talked about it on your podcast, some of the events that you've been going through over the past year, various ceremonies, right. And, uh, you know, combo, et cetera, et cetera, all of those sorts of things. Well, if you get too attached to, it has to happen this way, Mm. or it has to happen at this time, or it should have happened by now. Right. Instead of just holding that, knowing that it's going to happen, it's going, I'm calling in all of the things. So that I am really fully prepared to hold that frequency of whatever it is that I'm calling in, right? Mm -hmm. So those things that you went through had to unfold. Those perfect kind of synchronistic circumstances in that order had to come. Like, let's be real, Catherine. Would you have been like, yes, I'm going to hire a shaman? maybe three years ago? No, I didn't know that this existed three years ago. Like three years ago, plant medicine was a drug. And I was like, I'm never doing drugs. In fact, this is just a fun side story. Like when I was 16 years old, I was very rebellious and I tried some hard drugs. I tried ecstasy. And my second time doing it, I thought I was going to die. I started hallucinating. It was totally laced with something not normal at all with you know, MDMA, you don't typically hallucinate. I started seeing clowns. I started like blacking out. I started freaking out. And I just remember creating this pact with God in that moment, like, God, please let me live and I will never touch drugs again. And I literally did not touch anything until like a year ago. (laughs) And my first time doing um, psychedelic mushrooms, I was terrified. The first hour was the greatest lesson I had to learn. The first hour I was struggling with the fact that I could get punished for this and that this is a drug and I might die. And then I had to learn what the difference between a drug was and a plant medicine. And I did that through ceremony. It wasn't like someone told me that. It was like the the plants taught me themselves. Um, Why did I bring this up? What did you just bring up? Um, because we were talking about the sequence of events that had to occur yeah, in yeah, order yeah, yeah. for us to even connect. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Shamans, what what is that, right? Plant medicine, what is that? It's just a drug. Yeah. I would have never predicted this. Right. And so um, there's so many people that are going to be listening to this that are holding a desire. Their, their, their souls are desiring a certain experience, right? And then at the first sign of quote unquote trouble, or the first sign of challenge, they automatically assume, oh, not for me. Must not be for me. Because mm-hmm. if it was for me, then the universe would have would have just brought it in. Well, what if the universe is bringing in the circumstances that you need in order to expand into the next level? Because certain things that we, exo- that we desire require a certain... Um, level of experience for us to hold it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like the difference between learning how to um, make a million dollars versus or or, uh, win 
from like a lottery, Mm -hmm. right? There's a reason why people who win the lottery tend to lose it Mm -hmm. very quickly, right? Because they haven't developed the capacity to be the container for that level of experience. And so the universe, if you, if you're desiring certain things on a soul level, it's going to present you with the obstacles that are really the opportunity for you to expand your capacity. I just had a download. Ooh, what is it? My download is it makes sense why I plateaued for so long and why I quantum leaped finally is because that entire time it was preparing me for having a team who could handle such a huge volume. Because if we had such a huge volume of students signing up two years ago, we would literally ruin the fucking experience for the students because we did not have the team or I didn't have the energetic capacity to handle so many people like on a live stream that are my students that I've, that paid me that I'm here to serve. Now I've gotten used to having at least a couple hundred students. So I can handle that energy. And now I feel like I'm finally in a place where I can handle it. And there's another reason why it was 1.85 and not 5 million, right? Because that's like an energetic capacity that I think that we still need to grow into. Right. Right. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Drop. So we don't need to continue because everybody's got everything, right? Um, no. The, the other thing that I think is really important that I've seen in you um, that's just such a great example is alignment with your essence, with your authentic self. Mm. Because even though it's only, you know, it's been what, five weeks maybe that we've been working to, four or five four weeks? Five, yeah. Not very long, right? But some of those very seemingly small tweaks were in areas where you hadn't let yourself be fully expressed. And that little tweak of energy was what needed to come out in order to magnetize and call in what was for you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So those conditioning thoughts, those conditioned beliefs, who we believe ourselves to be, most of the time is limiting us. (laughs) So as we go on, start, and we start like releasing those um, identities that don't serve us, right? Um, And then just step into what is the next step? That was like the, I think one of the big things you and I talked about is like, this this one, this next level you're going to has not been before. Yeah. So you cannot, reverse strategize this identity. I hate that word. I've always hated the word reverse engineer because it's like, yes, there's so much you can reverse engineer, but it's to a point. And especially when you are really like further along on your spiritual evolution, as Mikosi kept saying to me, Catherine, what you're creating, you haven't seen yet. You can't even imagine yet. It's so much more beyond. It's so unknown to you that it's impossible to reverse engineer it. And you literally have to take it one step at a time. You have to trust just the next step. One step at a time, 
day by day. It's not about like, you gave me such a great perspective on Catherine, like your 10 year plan, like screw that 10 year plan because who you were at 17 years old. Can you imagine if you had followed that plan, you would be fucking miserable. And it's so true. I would be so miserable if I followed that plan. So it's literally just about letting it unfold, letting it unfold, letting it unfold. I do have a question about that though. Like if you are just allowing things to unfold, let's say that you are in a very like negative mindset. Like, let's say that you don't have very much awareness of how much um, power you have within you to create your dream reality. You know, a lot of people are just don't aren't even aware of like things like the law of attraction or you know the manifestation principles. Like for them, is it do they have to do something before they allow it to unfold? Like, is the allowing it to unfold just creating more of that quote unquote like unwanted reality? What is the balance? Because I know a lot of people who are listening to this right now are people who are aware of their thoughts. They're aware of their beliefs. So to them, it makes sense. Like, hey, just trust the path. But to someone who's unaware, trust the path. There has to be more steps before that, right? Um, yes and no. It really just depends on, on the person. I can most certainly take someone who isn't aware um, and, and guide them step by step right? Without them having the whole strategy. And there are, um, there's some really great, um, step-by-step methodologies and frameworks and da, 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 that do exist out there to help people tap into their power at least, right? Mm -hmm. Because once you have that, then you feel like you can surrender more into into the unfolding. Although a lot of people still have trouble with that, that aspect, right? Um, but if somebody isn't even aware, focusing first on getting into the awareness stage that every obstacle has an opportunity within it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that can also be a step, you know, step by step, day by day thing where, okay, for example, today was my first day of uh, homeschooling my, my son. And I'm seeing so many other parents who are doing virtual school, right? And so there's this whole group of people who are like, how dare the school system do this to me? How dare the government do this to me? This is terrible. I can't do this and also, uh, you know, work from home, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't have to sit and come up with like a whole methodology of, okay, we're going to reverse engineer how you're going to get through to the end of the year because we don't even know what's going to be happening over the next month, three months, six months, right? Mm -hmm. But we can say, okay, well, what's actually on your plate right now today? And where is your power, right? Like if your student, if your child has to be online at this time, well, what opportunity is there? Does that, is there opportunity for you to maybe shift your work schedule? Is there opportunity for a grandparent to come in and assist or a neighbor, et cetera? Or is this an opportunity for you to explore your child not even being in school at all, like I did? And I was like, oh, I'm, oh, so this is what you guys are doing? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I don't want any part of that. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna just, do this myself. And this is actually the easier way than sticking with that. And then there's a lot of opportunity for him and, and for myself. In that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
there's so many truths, right? Like there's so many ways and paths. I don't claim to have the only way or path. It is about each person utilizing discernment. And I personally um, choose to believe that all of our higher selves are calling in exactly what we need. So if somebody's really trapped in their logical brain and they're unaware, they probably are going to have something into called into their life. Maybe, a you know, uh, one of the classic personal development books pop into their life that does have a methodology and they start using that. And another thing comes in and so on and so forth. And, and then they awaken to their own power step-by-step. Speaking of multiple paths, there's a very juicy topic that I brought up to you and you gave me so much insight. And I would love to share this because people are starting to ask me this question. Um, To give you guys some context as to where I'm going with this, I think Makosi knows where I'm going because again, she's a shaman, can probably read my thoughts, right? (laughs) Can you read my thoughts? Uh, Not all the time. (laughs) I thought all the time. Okay, not all the time, but she can. Awesome. So, I was on YouTube once, like a couple of, maybe a couple months ago, and I noticed like a video pop up, which is like how I left the evil new age thinking or something like that, or cult, whatever they decided to call it, and came back to Jesus or came back to Christianity. I was like, this is interesting. You know, I think I like clicked on it, maybe listened to the first minute. I was like, "Mm, I don't get it. So I'd go back. And then, you know, the YouTube algorithm, picks up things that you click on. And so more and more and more. And in fact, even people I used to know would show up. They've created videos like this. And they were talking about how they are like, they awoken from this evil new age, like demon worshiping, law of attraction is evil kind of thinking and came back to Jesus, came back to Christianity. And a lot of them were people who are going from like organized religion, Christianity, um, you know, believing that Jesus is the savior to coming into the manifestation world and then leaving that and coming back into Christianity. And I asked you, like, have you noticed, is that a trend? Like, is that something that's happening? Or is it because my YouTube algorithm is just picking up these people that were already doing it? And I just wanted to ask your opinion on this of what is going on. And I also have like people asking me, like, Catherine, is the law of attraction evil? Is manifestation evil? Are we actually speaking to the devil when we're talking to the universe? And there's just so much about this. And it really made me so curious to ask your perception on it, your perspective on it. Because to me, it just doesn't make any sense how it can be evil. It doesn't make any sense. Like I see the value on both sides between new age and you know, um, you know, Christianity and also seeing how when Jesus came about in his time, he was new age thinking at that time. Like he was the new age at that time. And so how can we create these labels? It just doesn't make any sense to me, but I really loved your perspective. Can you take this topic on? Yes. Let's dive into it yeah. because it's, juicy. Um, it's a juicy one. And after you sent that to me, I was like, what is she talking about? Let me... Let me look this up. And I took, it took a couple of days because I was busy. And then I start scrolling and I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. This is fun because there's so much of these like really interesting things that are coming out. Not just this one, but 
this time period is just bringing forward so much of the shadow out into the light. Mm. So much of the, you know, potential darkness, right? Into the light. Yeah. So I think that number one, I have to be very clear that I am not Mm anti-religion. I'm not. I'm also not anti-New Age. I'm not anti-tradition. I'm not anti-anything because the minute that you do that, you start to give it energy. You start to put focus on that. So rather than like when people try to get me into, are you this or this? I'm like, actually guys, I'm like way out here. I just created my own little thing off here on its own. And so like, how about we like get out of the box completely and live out here? Right. And so if someone is still in either the new age or the religious um, paradigm, I can see it, understand it, relate to it. And I'm not going to fight someone on whether they want to be either or. Right. But what we have is really interesting because we can get into a place of spiritual ego where. We, number one, we want to be right. The ego aspect always wants to be right. Even if it means backtracking on yourself, (laughs) right? That aspect of you, it wants to be right all of the time. So when certain things come up and challenge the way that you've been thinking, most people will get into a place of either retreat right? Like, oh, I don't want to actually look at this. And there's been a lot of stuff coming forward about um, new age spirituality that a lot of people, they don't want to look at, right? Like we want it to be perfect. Mm. It's, it's never going to be perfect. And so sometimes it's easier to just, oh, this is scary because I don't, I don't get it. I don't fully understand it. Let's call it demon, demon worshiping. And I'm going to retreat back to this identity that to me feels safe because it's what I grew up in. It's what everyone around me is in and blah, 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 right? That is what I see on just a very surface level is happening. We're in a very scary time, right? Like most people... They're like, I don't know what's happening in the world. I don't have control over anything. Um, There's so much unknown, which P.S., it was always unknown. Uh (laughs) We never had the amount of control that we thought we had that did not exist. But when you're faced with all of these things happening, it is much easier to go into what you believe is comfortable, safe, secure, et cetera. And I think what I told you, right. Which which could be, it's like whatever's familiar to you. Yes. Yes. So what I said to you about this specific topic was that um, a lot of people didn't actually shift. They didn't oh, actually mic drop. Keep going. Oh my God. This was yeah. like a cozy. This needs to be a fucking quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, 
And this is something that I've been seeing in new age spirituality, but also in traditional spirituality, people trying to return to that, et cetera, et cetera, where um, we try and carry the same paradigm with us, the same identity with us, but in, you know, put a different bow on it, but it's, it's still the same. And so what I told you was that, and, and I hope that, that people hear that I'm saying this with the most love, and this is not an attack on anyone, but if you actually shift your identity as you are embracing a new paradigm, you can't go back. You can't return, right? Like this is like you had a surgery that is a permanent surgery, right? Like your identity shifting is hopefully expansive. And so you can't just go back to the way it was. If you really knew, yeah. if you really knew things, you can't forget them. Right. I, I can't right? imagine going back five, like how I was five to 10 years ago, but like applied to right now. It's, it's so funny because even the things that have happened the last month, like with, you know, spirits and stuff that I've been seeing, like, I can't unsee that. I can't not believe in it anymore. It's just like, I can't unsee the spiritual world. It's impossible because I've had such a huge identity shift. Just 2020 alone has been like, what? I mean, it's been crazy. Even like what I've learned in 2020, I can't imagine going back to 2019 and trying to apply it to this year. So you're so right about that. Like if you actually had that shift, it would be impossible to go back. Right. So I think this is is where um, you and I may have a have an understanding of beliefs that not everyone has right and and I know that you talk this talk about this in your programs you talk about this on the podcast but I I need people to really understand that it's not about what you think you believe right that's easy to change that's easy to say oh well I I believed this and oh now I believe that but your actual beliefs are how you see, experience, reality. That's what your beliefs are. And they, they are not easy to just pinpoint. So anyone yeah. can just say, oh, I believe in the law of attraction. But that, that's very different from having the experience of, I did this. And then this happened and then this happened. Yeah. Right. That's a very different thing. That is where embodiment comes in. And so many people miss that like practical application, that expansion, that integration piece where whatever you are reading, watching, um, receiving guidance on, et cetera, literally becomes who you are. So this is actually a problem that's really rampant in the spiritual and personal development communities and the world at large. We're in an information age. Everyone thinks they want to learn more stuff. Well, I don't 
care how many hours you spend learning stuff. If you can't figure out how to take that little piece of knowledge and become it, make it wisdom, Mm. then it's done nothing for you. And that's where I live. That is where, that's what I care about. I don't care about putting out the most amazing, like crazy, oh my gosh, that's such a wild thought. I don't care about any of that. I care about like, okay, how do we, how do we take this and then like put it in your life? That's such a powerful distinction because it, it's very much alive in manifestation. There's all these concepts and then there's making a way of life. Like you could have a thought of like, oh, I desire that, but then you can also have that desire and the wanting versus the having is a completely different universe. And it's when you embody that energy of having and actually experience in your life where you're like, I cannot, I can't unthink that. I can't go back. I can't undo it. Like I had that thought, I became it. And then it's here in my reality. How do I just, how do I just go back pretending that manifestation isn't real? Right. But if you just keep it as this thing, that's very much so just a, a mindset or a way of thinking without actually allowing it to integrate on a subconscious level, it's always going to be just a concept like, Oh yeah, the law of attraction. So cool. Let's law, law of attraction it up in here and then never experience it. You're never actually going to believe it on a subconscious level. So I love that distinction. Speaking of distinctions, you mentioned, you know, I brought up new age versus religion, but then you also brought up traditional spirituality. My perspective was always that new age was like taking ancient wisdom and modernizing it. But is it different? Like, is there a whole nother thing? Like what's the difference between the two? Oh, such a good question. Okay. So that is what new age spirituality tries to do. Mm, okay. That's, that's what it tries to do. But the challenge in that, that most people don't recognize is that you, in order to build, you have to destroy first. Yeah. In order to build, you have to destroy first. Destructiveness is a part of creation. You don't create without destroying something. So when you're moving from religious thinking or the Western paradigm, which is a a mindset that is very destructive on just a, a, a very subconscious level, people have no idea that that's what they're operating from. So in order to then shift into spirituality, ideally, what would happen is that you have some destruction of your paradigm. Yeah, which is scary for a lot of people. Oh, it's so scary. Like, wait a minute, I'm going to be out here in limbo and have no idea like what my frame of reference is. The ego hates that. The ego hates not knowing something, right? So it's, it has to be this step-by-step process because as soon as you destroy, you create this vacuum, something's going to come in, Mm -hmm. right? Something has to come in to fill that space because there is no empty space in the universe, right? Like even I'm sitting in this room right now, um, between this wall and that wall, there's a lot of stuff happening, right? There's, there's a lot that's happening there. 
Okay. Even on just a scientific level, there's different molecules floating and maybe some skin cells and dust and da 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 da. Right. Yum. There's a lot happening between this space and this wall. So the um, challenge that I see is that most people don't go through any sort of deconditioning process. They have this experience of being in a certain paradigm, a certain way of thought, and then try and step into spirituality and view ancient wisdom from outside because you're not, you're not operating from the same paradigm. It's so like, it's like a layer. You're just adding a layer. You're just adding another framework over a framework that you already have. Yes. Yes. So we have to actually like take, destroy the walls, right? Bring it down to the studs and then put something in place there. Right. And ideally, if you want to understand ancient wisdom, well, you're going to have to learn how to be in the paradigm of ancient wisdom, which means you have to go through this very uncomfortable process of challenging everything that you thought you knew and also not trying to, you know, this is the shifting into observer from the very direct way of going about things. Because when we go about things very direct, we are more likely just to hear an answer that fits within what we desire to hear, not actually Mm. seeing everything that's there. Are there any like specifics in terms of differences between new age and ancient wisdom that you can share? Like in new age they say this, or they believe this, or this is how things apparently work versus the ancient spirituality, the traditional spirituality is actually this way. Mm. Think of anything? Oh my gosh. Off the top of my head. head, I mean, the main one is um, like the concept of archangels. Mm. Okay. And that one, that one's really interesting because um, most people are comfortable with the word angel. And, and so then they go from like religion and then, oh, okay, now I'm over here. And so like, this is what an archangel is. Um, the challenge with that is that you're expecting an angel to be like what you read in the Bible or what you were taught an angel. I see. It's like using a lot of the biblical references, but in a different, it's like the same box, same labels, slightly different box, but not actually... Because I remember you saying like, whatever you think that entity is or spirit is, if you think it's a demon, it's going to show up as a demon. If you think it's an angel, it's going to show up as an angel. But if you're open to like, it could be anything, then it's going to show up how it's supposed to show up. Yes. That makes so much sense. Can you talk about the spiritual hierarchy? Because I know it's a topic that you wanted to talk about. And like speaking of archangels, 
I mean, I don't even know what specifically you want to say on spiritual hierarchy, but I know that one thing for for sure that I never resonated with was archangels. For some reason, it's like I've never called on an archangel. I've never resonated with one. I never felt called to learn about archangels. There's like certain concepts that I just like, I hear other people using them. Like it's very new agey. Like we're going to call on archangel Michael right now to do this and to do that. And for me, it's like, Let's just skip that part and just call on something else or call on our higher selves or call on the universe. So can you speak? I don't even know where I'm going with that question, but can you speak on the spiritual hierarchy piece? Yes. Um, And I do want to make sure before we go into that, that I'm very clear. It's not that the consciousness that people perceive as archangels does not exist. Mm -hmm. That is not what I mean at all. It's that these conscious these these conscious beings or light beings, etc. Um, they don't have a body. They don't have a body. So there is a lens through which we have. They have to go through in order to communicate certain things to us. So just the more open we are to the full experience of them, whatever that means, without trying to put labels on it without putting meaning on it, yeah. we are more likely to um, have the full knowing of what that being is. Which okay. is scary because I had an, uh, an, um, an experience in Sedona that I immediately boxered Rikosi and was like, is this ever like, am I ever going to get used to this? Because I had like a spirit or something knock on my bedside table open a door and I was just watching it happen right in front of me. And I was like, I just immediately went into panic mode because I immediately labeled it through my own conditioning. And I know I have a lot of deconditioning here to do. I just labeled it as a bad spirit. I have to get rid of it. I have to, uh, I have to send it away. And that's exactly what I did. And Makosi the next day was like, Catherine, did you ask how you can help it? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That is the last thing on my mind for me to ever ask how I can help it. And that was just revolutionary for me all on its own because I'm just like, wow, I am so quick to attach a label based off of my conditioning. I'm so quick to say this is bad or this is good when I'm not even open to the full expression of what it could be. Right. And by the way, it was like a very, uh, I mean, you had disturbed it. (laughs) with my presence (laughs) with your presence but it wasn't like it wasn't even a bad entity or anything it was just like you know uh we 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 could call this like a mountain a mountain spirit a mountain entity well that's what we'll call it um so yeah that one wasn't even that bad um (laughs) but it kind of so Spiritual hierarchy. This is also a piece that I do see that's missing um, in New Age spirituality. And that is because it's um, demonized in religion and most people just just cross over. Um, And I don't want to over glorify indigenous, aka traditional spirituality. Um, even using the word tradition, I know I said it before, but sometimes that can be a hard word to use because people think of religion as being the traditions, mm. it's not. Got it. Um, when I'm saying tradition, I'm talking about these practices, this ancient wisdom that's existed for tens of thousands of years, right? This, this paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the kind of that common thread 
that exists in all of them is that there is an order to the universe. We look at the universe and we see that there's like this incredible harmony that exists, right? That this planet somehow manages to keep spinning around a huge fiery ball and not crash into it. And at the same time has another ball that's going around it called a moon, right? And like none of them are just like colliding at every other turn. So um, we just see that there is this order. There is this harmony that exists. And so because of that, there is a hierarchy. Now, because of what's happened um, in the past couple thousand years um, in, in the West, we have a really touchy relationship with hierarchy, with just the word. Yeah. And we, we believe that um, with power, there's corruption. With power, there's um, you know, misuse of each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not to say that that doesn't exist, because it does, right? Um, in some places, in some areas, but it doesn't mean that. It doesn't have to be that. Mm-hmm. What it is, is that it, it's a hierarchy of responsibility. Just like on the physical plane, there's a hierarchy of responsibility and with great power comes great responsibility, right? <laughs> so we see this in the spiritual plane as well. So our indigenous spiritual or ancient spiritual, let's use that, our ancient spiritual systems, which still exist, for the most part had ancestors, ancestral reverence as the cornerstone of the system, of the spiritual system. And there's a few reasons for that. One is the reverence of self, the honoring of self. And when you have um, the, the shamans and the priestesses and priests kind of knew if you honor yourself, you then honor others. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple, right? And so there was this number one um, understanding that first and foremost, you have your head, your own essence, right? Your own higher self as your guide, right? And this also could be the reincarnation of a family member, right? Then you also have a connection with what we would call ancestors. Now, your ancestors are elevated spirits. So a lot of people get murky there because they think everyone who died before them in their family is automatically having. Uh, you know, falling into that category. Mm, Okay. And you do have ancestors. This is where English gets really difficult and it would be better if we were using an an ancient language because we have different words for these in different systems. Like you have different understanding of dead relatives, meaning people who passed on either like through accidents or incidents or who weren't great people when they lived and, and carried all of this heavy karma. And then you have elevated ancestors who lived many times, um, 
achieved a certain level of spiritual purity within themselves, and then they become guides for their descendants. That makes sense. I thought that it's every single person that's died before you that becomes your ancestor. And I was just like, how many of them are you? Like how it must be like millions. Right. But that makes sense. And, and, you know, I want to go deeper into ancestors whenever you're ready for that, like whether it's now or you want to finish the spiritual hierarchy thing, but a lot of people came with ancestor questions. So super quick, how do you, how do you become an elevated ancestor? Like, Ooh. and also is that like you're, you're past the, you're, are you past reincarnation? Because how, because there's ancestors, right? Like let's say your grandparents died and then they also have their reincarnation into their next lifetime they're not going to become your ancestor because they're back on earth. It's like, how does this work? (laughs) Okay. So I love this and we can go ahead and dive into this because in the spiritual quote unquote hierarchy, we see like our ancient systems saw the ancestors, which also include you as the most important for a person to Mm. be stable because they're in your DNA, their consciousness is in your DNA. So this is a complex topic and I love diving into it. Um, So on one level, yes, everyone who dies before you that was in your family is an ancestor, right? But that's not who we're calling on. We do have, um, there are processes, et cetera, to resolve um, ancestors who have passed on, but we're not elevated. In our ancient systems, we had like, like it it was just kind of a given when somebody would pass on that they went through a spiritual process to assist them on the other side. This is why you see like mummification and that, you know, um, spiritual cleansing, et cetera, when someone passed. So if we understand that their consciousness is with us all the time in our DNA, well, you don't want to have um, separation from your ancestors, number one, because that's creating separation and division within yourself. Mm. But also you don't want to be carrying around the uh, energetic influence of chaotic ancestors or chaotic dead relatives rather the racist uncles you know like we all had them okay <laughs> everybody's had one that's just you know either been racist or did some really awful stuff right like we're all humans and so there becomes this kind of um relationship where we feel a responsibility to uplift those who have passed on, because if they haven't been elevated, if they haven't, if they haven't moved on, all they can really do is influence us with that quote unquote, bad karma or that negative influence because they, that's what they're living in. Like that's, that's the consciousness. So they're not like around us. They're through us. Right. Or, I mean, it's actually, it can be both and, right? Huh. It can be both and. So you have them there. Like people are like, oh, I don't believe in ancestors. Oh, so you don't believe in yourself. Like, 
where do we find the separation between like, this is the expression of my soul, my higher self, my consciousness versus this is like grandma coming through. Yeah. Where do you find that? I'm so like confused right now. So like how that, that is just shattering my box right now. Yeah. I have no words. So this is why we got to move into both and consciousness. Yeah. Because, and, and this is also why the spiritual hierarchy is so important to understand because there is a very thin line between what is you and what is your ancestors. What? Very, very thin line. And it's where, where do they begin? Where do they end? So who's talking to you, Makosi? <laughs> <laughs> so typically we would see that there's like one ancestor who is very close to you. And this is like, if you understand reincarnation, right? And let's say it was your great grandma, I don't know, great grandma Jean or whatever. And she is the closest to you. Well, it's the consciousness of that, that life, but she had many before. Wait, can you be your own ancestor based off of past lives? You are your own ancestor. What the fuck? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're your own ancestor. This is why, this is why we had ancestor reverence. And that's so interesting that we just don't have that in the Western world. And no wonder we all feel so separate, so separate. We all feel so um, chaotic and just confused and lost. Yes. And this is also why you see such a rise right now in people seeking their ancestries. Like everyone Mm. is being driven towards that because it is, it's such a pivotal piece of spirituality. It's so pivotal to your wholeness because there is no separation really between you and your ancestors. There's no part of you right now, Catherine, besides the experiences that you've had in this life. There's no separation that's like just you, even if your soul essence is. Wait, how? Okay. So you said it's elevated ancestors, but you can also have the chaotic ancestors come through. How do you get rid of the chaotic ones? You don't get rid of them. Okay. So it's like, go, you don't get rid of the ego. No, you bring it in, you heal Hmm. because it's an aspect of you, right? So we don't want, that's where that paradigm around like the destructive mindset, the destructive paradigm is like, oh, uh, anything that's bad, I want nothing to do with. No, especially if you're a light worker. Oh no, honey, you bring in and, and bring light to the darkness, right? Mm. So those quote unquote bad ancestors, if you quote, you know, you repel them, I don't want to, I'm ashamed of them. They were bad people. I don't want anything to do with them. Yet you're walking around with their DNA. You're walking around. Even science is telling us finally that their experiences are remembered in your DNA. That's so true. So you then become blind to where that aspect of them is showing up in you. 
What? Okay. So how do we embrace the racist uncle expressing himself through us or whatever, or the murderer or the molester, like, you know, the the ancestors that didn't do great things. How does that express through us? Do we necessarily have like similar, like, I don't know what to ask because my mind is so blown. Like, do we have to heal that karma for them? You heal it within yourself. And how do you know what karma to heal within yourself and how do you heal that? This is why we approach things on a step-by-step, day-by-day basis and look what is coming into your life, right? If you, if you understand law of attraction, right, you're going to be pulling that in and there's an aspect of you that you don't even know, right? That's pulling in things. And so you may be looking and be like, wait a minute, why? why is this popping up for me? Or why am I seeing this this in the world, right? Anything that you can see outside of yourself is a reflection of something inside. It doesn't mean you are your racist uncle, right? Because he was a human. He had a certain experience. He had a name, et cetera. But there's an aspect of him that is within you that you can see outside. And so then you have, then you go into reflection of how am I affecting or being affected by this uh, thing that I'm seeing in the world? So and when are, you go are, ahead, are aspects ancestors? This aspect of me is that an ancestor that creates the aspect? Okay, let's talk about reincarnation. This will help you understand this. Okay, this that part. was one of my questions, so go for it. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so if you understand reincarnation, let's say that your soul returns a thousand times, okay? And each one of those times, it had a life. Mm-hmm. It had a gender. It wasn't always female, could have been male. It wasn't always the same complexion, probably wasn't. It had different experiences. It had different names, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I'm saying aspect, what I'm talking about is an experience that is not the fullness of that essence. Of the whole. Of the whole. So it's okay. like all thousand lifetimes together is a right. whole. Right. So like if I'm looking at, let's say a goddess, um, especially in Hinduism, Hinduism does a really great job of talking about aspects or avatars. Mm. Okay. Reincarnations of embodiments of they're all different. They're different. You can have one one God and he appears and has different experiences in different bodies, different names, different genders, different, um, different paths, right? Like in some, in some systems, they will even call them paths Mm -hmm. of one of an essence of one essence. And you have all of these different avatars. Well, it's a similar thing for your soul or for your ancestors' soul. They had many different experiences. So this is not like a very just like simple thing. You have to really decondition around time first. Totally. 
totally to fully to fully feel the the impact of that and fully get that because the illusion of time is what makes it hard to understand. It's clearly so multidimensional. There's so much happening at once that we can't even fathom. Like I can't even fathom what's going on right now. Like (laughs) just knowing that the different experiences and the aspects and the ancestors, I'm like, who the fuck am I? Oh, okay. This is amazing. I don't even know what's going through your guys' minds right now, but like my mind is blown. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. So if you understand all of all of that, right? So when we're calling on an ancestor, we aren't calling on that one aspect that was shitty uncle, you know, <laughs> shitty, shitty racist uncle. Okay. We're not just calling on that aspect. We are also calling on the aspect when he was a a great knight and when he was, um, you know, a a street cleaner and a woman who died in childbirth. Like, that's what we're calling on. We're calling on on the essence of that, not the human experience of that ancestor. Mm. So... The okay, so I would see that then and con- and just confirm this for me that the essence is the elevated ancestor versus the more human experience is more like the uh the, that can be chaotic, the less elevated, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 and no, okay, because the elevated ancestor has had multiple experiences and, and gone through. So when we have like a baby soul or a baby soul essence, mm-hmm. okay. A, a baby essence. Um, I just like to say that cause it's cute. Um, a baby essence, right. We, we would see that they break off, break off, quote unquote, break off from source. And then they descend down lower and lower and lower, 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 lower vibration until they can become dense, right? And so this plane is farther away from source, but is also still included in that, right? It's not, it's not separate. Okay. But in order for us to see ourselves as source, we have to have this separation and no one can see the movements that I'm doing right now, but just you guys imagine it. Um, (laughs) so there's still kind of this tether, right? But that is the, the essence that is the farthest from source. And so these baby souls, the little cute baby souls, they're here to experience like the most basic of humanness. And then over time through different lives and they gain experience and they rise in vibration and they learn and they learn and they have more experience. And then as that's happening, their vibration is rising. Okay. Until eventually they become what we would call elevated ancestors when they transition. And those can still return through our children. So our children are ancestors. Wait, what? (laughs) Our children are ancestors. Our children are our ancestors. Got it. Okay, I get it. Okay. That's why we get the the, the term old souls. Yes. Children, because that's what they are. Um, Not all of them, but um, 
So you have some that are coming and they're rising in their quality, right? In their spiritual purity. We're not talking about like, oh, they never had sex. We're talking about um, their mastery over their animalistic nature, mm-hmm. over their ego aspect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then they become, they, you know, maybe they pass on, they become an elevated ancestor and they're assisting their descendants. And occasionally they're coming back and they're having more and more and more experiences. And then eventually they've had such a level of experience that then they break free from the reincarnation cycle and no longer are required to return. So what happens next if you're past the reincarnation cycle? Well, then there's another level of experience because now you're an elevated ancestor, right? And so you're still interacting down here. Um, there's a level of um, other experiences that you're having that are now more um, more about the harmony in the universe, right? More about having those types of experiences and connections with, let's call it your entity, right? Okay. The, mm-hmm. the group of souls that you are connected to. And some return because it could get boring doing the same old, same old, right? And so you're like, Hey, I want to go down there and like hang out and have these experiences and show up and da, 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 da. And then you continue to have those experiences through, you know, guiding your descendants and interacting with this, this level. And there's higher and higher and higher until eventually you re- reunite with source. And then what? Like, and okay. then you start all over again. Do you really? So then you become a baby soul all over again? Well, you could, but, but by then you're probably like a different aspect. Now that part, you know, I haven't, that, that's something like so beyond our thinking. And of course, what I'm even saying is like such a simplified because there's, there's, you know, aspects where, you know, you eventually become like an ascended master, right? Um, and then you become like a god or a god or goddess in your own right. And then, and more and more, you're becoming a uh, less dense and less rigid, fewer boundaries between you become more like conceptual rather than solid, right? Mm. You're, you're moving away from being matter, but becoming even higher vibration in that process, right? You know how you said your, you know, your kids are going to be your ancestors. And so I'm curious, can an old soul give birth to a new soul. Yes. But then are those your are those just ancestors that are coming from source back into baby souls? Yes. Interesting. And a new soul can birth an old one mm. on the physical plane, right? Yeah. Because you're just being a portal. Yeah. You're a portal that's allowing them to come through. Now this is not a hard and fast thing. I should also let people know there is complexity to this. So um, in, in some of our ancient systems, there is like this knowing that 
Number one, you can be a portal for souls that are not in your lineage, right? Like Jesus would be a great example of that. Probably one of the most extreme examples because apparently she was a virgin, quote unquote. But that is a perfect example of how that can happen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, (laughs) there's we have like this understanding as well that you can give birth to um, souls that are not part of your um, lineage that may even just be like wandering wandering what like is a ghost wandering? like a like a wandering spirit that's like you still can, close can give birth to a ghost what okay because <laughs> it's the spirit it's the spirit Makosi, can we make sure i don't give birth to a ghost I don't know <laughs> i'm I gonna listen you know there's there's certain things that you just want to make sure you have in place um i don't recommend having sex in the haunted house probably not a good idea to like you know, do it in a corn maze. What if you don't know it's haunted? <laughs> Is that like, does intention matter here? So what really matters, intention does kind of play a role, but it's more about designated spaces. So that's a whole other, t- like we could do a whole, a whole course on these kind of like very foundational things, but Typically we have, just like you would have a sacred space for prayer, right? Or a sacred space for your, for your connection with spirit. You have a designated space to poop and pee. You have a designated space to eat your food, right? You have a designated space to get busy and sleep, you see. And so having those um, spaces creates energetic boundaries that are really, really important. Okay. I know there's a part three coming. So (laughs) let me just, let me just dive in really like as quickly as we can into some of the questions that I know I want to be part of this podcast. Okay. Like if you're down for, I mean, come on as often as you like, cause it's, I'm so fascinated. This is so incredible. And I know I know that so many of you are enjoying this because of the feedback that we got for the last one. And I know we're going way deeper with this one. So I'm so excited to see the feedback. Can we talk about super quick or as long as you want to go? I don't care. I don't care anymore. What a lot of people want to know, what do you eat, Makosi? Because there is, and I, I know you, I know you're passionate about this topic in terms of like, people thinking that veganism is the way to spirituality. And I know that I had a lot of backlash. Like this hasn't happened in a long time, actually. It's maybe like when I first started manifestation, maybe like the first two years when I would post like, and I, this is probably why I don't post my food as much anymore is because it's got so annoying is I would post like, Oh, I'm out to dinner. And there'd be like a steak on my plate, or I would be eating like a burger or I'd be eating chicken. It's like very evident that I'm eating meat. And I would literally get people messaging me saying, Catherine, if you go plant-based, you would become a better manifester. If you would just go vegan, you would become a better manifester. And I understand the ethical side of veganism, which is so beautiful. Honestly, it's so, it's so admirable. And I also um, for myself, being a meat eater, being an animal eater, like I make sure that the source that my meat comes from is as just ethical and pure as possible and making sure these animals are treated as best as possible until they are killed for our consumption. 
So there's a lot in that, but just let's, let's keep the ethics aside for just a moment in terms of like, I'm a better channel if I go vegan or I'm a better channel if I'm plant-based or it's cleaner or we're more, our, our intuition is stronger if we're vegan. Can you just speak on that? Because I know where you're going to go with this. And I just want people, more people to hear this, especially people who might feel guilty for eating animal products as spiritual people. Yes. Okay. I'm just going to, just going to leave a little, little something here. Plants have consciousness. They do. Okay. Nature is conscious. Nature is conscious. It has spirit. So there is a lot of people who like to believe that, oh, if I eat plants, I'm not eating a conscious being. Plants have spirits. Plants will communicate. It's a different type of communication, but they will. The earth. If you go and you eat some dirt. <laughs> did you have to do that in your initiation? I feel like this is I an initiation thing. I did not have to eat dirt. That's one of the few things. One of the few things. <laughs> I didn't have to eat dirt. Um, but I did have to put various medicines in my body. Various herbs went in my body and various animal products. <laughs> Various aspects of animals went into the making of this. Mm, Okay. Okay. And so I understand like just in general, the ethical aspects. Part of that is coming because we are not as a collective here in the West operating from a conscious um, perspective. We're not, we don't honor our meat. There's no honoring of the animals who sacrifice their life in order for us to live. We don't honor the plants who sacrifice their lives mm-hmm. That's for us. About. That, I've never, I never hear that brought up. No, never. No. I don't even hear, I don't, and I love me some, I have some great vegan friends and I'm not saying um, that being vegan is bad or anything like that. So I don't want anyone to, to run off with that. But there's not an, an honoring of those things, which then makes us believe that we are separate from them, right? We, we feel that that is them, this is me, right? And so um, we had these practices of really holding consciousness, holding awareness, honor and reverence for what goes into then becoming us, right? Because you eat some corn, that spirit then is in you and becomes you. What? (laughs) Think about that, right? Spirits are in me, Makosi. There's a lot of spirits, okay? Like there's a lot of aspects that are making you all the time. So that's why when I'm doing like ceremony, you're going to hear me call on lots of different, I'm going to call on the spirits of the mountains. I'm going to call on the spirits of, of the water. I'm going to call on the fire. I'm going to call because all of that is coming together to make you. And now I'm going to honor that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the piece that I think is the, like, no one's talking about that aspect of what's going into our body. Even water has consciousness. Water 
has consciousness. If you speak to it, you can program it. You can communicate with it, have communion with the water that then becomes your body. Whole different way of being. So should we talk to our food, Makosi, before we eat? You can. Okay. Right? Like people pray before they eat. Um, I think that that's that's great. Um, Or at least with your water or at least holding some consciousness around um, what went into making this meal, what went into, you know, all of that energy that's in existence that has had to move in order for you to be sustained and, and honoring that. Now, as it relates to your, your, your spiritual being, this, there's so much to this because some of us had ancestors, right? So we just talked about ancestors. We got to pull ancestors back in. Yeah. Um, because this is who you are, right? It's in your DNA. And so what you will find is that your body will need certain things based off of what your ancestors were eating because now it's become you. And so I have seen people get very ill, you know, they're missing certain things, um, having certain problems because they um, are so adamant against not doing anything their ancestors did, or I'm not going to eat meat or, or whatever. Um, Now, there are some instances where we're eating things that don't sit well with our bodies. And this is where intuition's really important. Um, if you're not gonna like go on this certain path that then reveals your taboos to you, but really listening to your body to guide you to eating this, don't eat this, eat this, etc. But the whole like blanket statement that if you eat meat, you are not spiritual. It's like a, it's the conditioning again. It is. It's putting spirituality into the box. Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. Um, so are cravings then something that your ancestor wants? Now that's where it becomes a, this is also where consciousness really just plays a role because so many of us are having cravings because we haven't developed mastery over ourselves mm. or um, we have a hole that we're trying to fill with Twinkies (laughs) 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 and it's not the ancestors (laughs) and that's not ancestors, right? Like your, your ancestors. Um, I do have occasions where as I'm communicating with ancestors, there's certain things that they need the energy of. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that does happen. But I highly recommend everyone first focus on healing themselves. And as you begin to heal, you just notice that a lot of those things that you thought that you quote unquote needed, right? Like if your body is saying, I need this and you can't help yourself or you have to really fight to resist it, there's an, there's an issue there. There's there's something that needs healing there Hmm. that's causing you to then be, you know, overly attached to X, Y, Z. Got it. 
So there's a, there's a fine line and, and really learning how to tell the difference between your ego and your intuition is super critical to telling the difference there. There's a question that uh, came up a lot that I just want to make sure we cover. Um, you know, because we keep interweaving ancestors into this whole conversation. A lot of people want to, are asking like, how do I communicate with them? Because if they're, if they are you, is it just communicating to yourself? Is it listening to your intuition? Is your intuition, your ancestors guiding you and telling you certain things and like, you know, do this, don't do this or whatever, or is that separate? Or like, can people call on a specific grandma to come through? Like, how does this communication element work? Yeah. Um, So this kind of, again, goes back to the spiritual hierarchy, right? So we have this spirit gang, spirit squad, uh, (laughs) which includes your higher self, right? But then it also includes ancestors. And they, as a team, um, ideally, if you've been healing and you've been really connecting with spirit, et cetera, that is where your intuition is coming from. That is why we will even feel it in various aspects of the body. And uh, someone who's really knowledgeable can also identify where, like who's coming through based off of certain areas of your body where you're experiencing it. So like, um, for example, if I feel something in my right shoulder, as I'm doing a certain thing, I will know, okay, this is a father because it's, ha- it's having to do with my shoulders and it's coming on my right side. Um, and and this, this is my masculine side. So the, we can tell a lot through the sensations in our bodies that is that communication from the, I wouldn't say that it's just one mm-hmm. communicating. Now you may have... Um, like your higher self is essentially one, like your most important aspect, but there there's also interaction happening there. So it's more of like a collective guidance, a collective type of um, support or take, you know, this little voice that says, da, 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 da. Now, some people like may smell their great, auntie's perfume. And then that lets them know, you know, um, or hear a voice that was your great, great papa or whatever. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So country. Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay. That makes sense. Is there anything else that you want to add on ancestors before we wrap up with our very last topic? Um, oh my gosh. I know there's like a lot to say, but if there's anything that feels like incomplete, that you just want to clarify or anything like that? Because I think ancestors has been like the biggest topic that's come up in the Q&A. Yeah, I'm getting so many questions too around ancestors. Everyone's really into uncovering that aspect. And I think the only thing that I really have to say is kind of reiterating people understanding the difference between the ego and the essence of a human being. If you can understand the difference between those two in your being, then you can begin to, to really see that in the people that have gone before you. Um, I do also get this question around if I'm adopted or I don't know an ancestor. Yeah, that came up. Yeah. So I do get that question a lot too. And if you have this experience 
they are, that is still in you. Mm -hmm. So even if you were adopted, that's okay. You can still connect with those ancestors. Um, I will just say things like, um, you know, my mother's father, you know, like that type of thing, um, and put my attention there. Or if you happen to know the name, you know, the surnames, you can utilize that as well. Um, and you don't have to forget the people who cared for you in this life Mm. as well. They become ancestors too. They can. So that's why I said that this is like a very complex thing. Yeah. The, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it is. And, and people who are spiritually gifted can over time, um, have these connections can work with spirits that weren't necessarily in their lineage, but were very, you know, very closely interacted and now influencing one another because we're all, we're all connected. So there is a lot of complexity to, to the topic for sure. Clearly. I feel like it could take lifetimes to learn it. I mean, it's, it's so incredible. It's, I mean, I learned so much today and I'm so curious what you guys, what's going through your guys's head. So as you're listening, take a screenshot, tag at the, um, at the Royal Shaman, at Manifestation Babe, and just let us know. <laughs> let us know your feedback, your thoughts, put some emojis all over that. I know like if I were an emoji right now, it'd be the mind blown emoji. So that's the emoji I would use right now. Okay. So the last topic is because this is something that when we got off the last podcast, you're like, we didn't even dive into that. Aliens. Aliens. Do they exist? Are you an alien? Am I an alien? What is an alien? Just a blurb on that. A blurb on that. Okay. Do aliens exist? Come on now. Yes. (laughs) Of course they exist, right? Um, This also going to kind of wrap it back around to one of the topics that I was talking about before around observing, right? Observing versus um, direct. So number one, there's a wide variety. Some of them could come in physical form depending on their experience, right? But we also have to understand that this is a suit, right? This is, this is an earth suit. And so we can have um, consciousnesses from, or I mean, kind of weirdly from, or more often, more often live on other planets, manifest in a physical form in order to walk this earth. Are you also about to say that aliens can be ancestors too? stop (laughs) well yeah why couldn't they i don't know this is so like cool yeah i mean this is a very vast (laughs) very vast universe right yeah and very complex so we have in our ancient systems so many stories around um, the origins of humanity, right? And the prior experiences that our souls had. And also that number one, just because someone's in a human body 
doesn't necessarily mean that their consciousness has always been that, right? Like we just talked about gods and goddesses, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Some could even argue, quote unquote, that 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 could be alien based off of many people's understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not say that, but based off of certain, the ways certain people perceive that it could be. Um, but there are many different types of, uh, soul essences that absolutely can manifest as human through a human body, come here and have a human experience for sure. Do they follow the same hierarchy? Oh, that's a really good question. Around like ancestors and higher self, et cetera. Yeah, just like the the levels. I, I know people couldn't see it, but just like how it, you know, you go back to source, you become a baby soul, go back to source, become a baby soul, like that thing. Um, you know, you said like if you're not human consciousness and you come here to be human, is that whatever that soul is, are they following the same kind of hierarchy as they advance? Okay, I will. I'm glad you're asking this because I should also be very clear that that is, it doesn't have to happen that way. That there are entities who've never been human. Mm. There, there are there are essences that have not ever been human beings. They've never had a human body. They've never had a human experience, right? And so then they serve as guides. And then maybe something does happen, and then they say, "Oh, okay, I'm going to come down and be." blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. There is also, um, we talked for about it for just a split second, but entities have all of these different aspects. We could maybe say like a thousand souls and an entity, kind of like the government, right? If you say the government, it's one entity, but there's peop- there's individuals in there. Is that like Abraham Hicks? Like Abraham says, it's like a group of souls. Right. So something like that, you could have a group of souls and then maybe one of them comes down and manifests as a person, as a representative, as an ambassador of this collective group. So it's not a very, it's not like a super clear cut um, thing, but I am going to challenge everyone listening to take one little piece of that and figure out what does that mean in your life? (laughs) (laughs) You knew I was going to go there because this is one of those things like we, when people talk about um, aliens or we talk about archangels or we talk about um, even ancestors, right? We can talk about them as like concepts, ideas, mental masturbation where we are just literally like getting high off of like learning some stuff. And I love learning some stuff. I'd be learning a lot. It's my thing, but we have to bring it back around to what we really started on, which is what does that mean in your life? How can you apply that to, um, create more freedom? in your, in your being freedom from essentially your own egoic prison from your suffering. 
And if it does, if you can't figure out that, then allow it to be like a really interesting concept, set it to the side and then come Something back to, to think about. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then let's like bring it back to, okay, how can we, yeah. Well, how can we utilize that in our life? How can we make the world a better place? How can we experience more wholeness because of that? But what I do hope that people at the very least take away from us having this conversation is that we are more interconnected and more alike and um, so intertwined mm-hmm. on a soul level more than we would like to believe. Yeah. So let's just leave it at that. That is a beautiful, beautiful way to end this. I know we unpacked so much and I didn't even get through half my questions. So if Makosi's cool with it, we can do a part three. Um, but for now, you have part one, you have part two. I don't even know what to title this because this is there's so much. I wish I could just put like, make a, a title of all the topics we talked about, but it's going to be too long. So I'll figure it out later. But thank you so much for your incredible generosity um, in sharing your wisdom and taking your time and putting your energy out there. Like this has been so enlightening for us. I mean, this whole thing since I, because I've, I've, I remember you from the BBD group from last year. I remember you showing up because you said I'm a shaman and I remember lighting up but I wasn't like ready to explore that yet. And when I heard you on James's podcast, I just like knew there was a connection and I was like, there's something here. Like I feel so called to hire her, even though I didn't even know what you did yet. And then like through conversations and through hiring you and just like, it's been so enlightening. And so I just wanted to thank you so much for being in my life. And thank you so much for showing up for the manifestation babes to learn more about how connected they are and how very multidimensional we all are and just how incredible we are as, as these human beings, these very unique souls incarnated into this lifetime, into this experience. And it's just been incredible. So I wanted to thank you first and foremost. And second of all, you guys, my God, take a screenshot, tag the Royal Shaman, tag at Manifestation Babe, and just let us know your biggest breakthrough, your biggest takeaway, all that jazz. And for anyone who missed part one and just dove right into this clusterfuck of topics of like, who is this chick? What is going on here? Can you just share like where people can go to learn more about you, some of your offerings or anything else that you want to share so that people who are like hungry for more can, can dive a little deeper with you? Absolutely. Thank you for having me um, for the second round. And we just like literally scratched the surface, uh, which is so crazy because we've we've been blabbing for a little while. Um, But yeah, if anyone wants to dive in deeper with me, they can find me on Instagram at The Royal Shaman um, or find me on YouTube, The Royal Shaman or my website, theroyalshaman.com. We keep it simple. Yep. The Royal Shaman. Everywhere. All right. And that is it, you guys, to be, what is it? To be determined? What is it? To what be is continued. It? To be continued. There we go. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> we'll see how many parts this becomes. Makosi and I are going to just follow our intuition and see, see what happens. And I'll keep you guys in the loop of what else, what other quantum leaps come my way from this, from working with her. 
Um, so thanks again, Mikosi, and to the rest of you, I will see you in the next episode. Mwah. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.